We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on? Welcome in. It is Tuesday night, August 29th. We have a lot to get to. I'm Bobby Trostad, as always, alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. And we are taking the next step forward to the 2023 season. As we know, we had this one circled sort of post preseason, right? You have 53-man roster cuts. And while it was obviously a tough day for professionals, because these guys are professionals at the end of the day, league-wide, there's a lot of guys celebrating tonight in Baltimore and beyond, Sarah, because uh, they've seen their names pop up on the official and I should say the initial depth chart. And that's going to be an important piece of the puzzle here as we kind of get into the depth chart, the way it looks right now initially, because over the course of the next couple of days with different designations, specifically IR, the Ravens roster will be tweaked here and there. So with that, welcome inside the vault. Thanks so much for being with us. And let's get to it, partner. Uh, you and Jason Smith from Huddle It Up Films really over the last like week or so have been all over the projection of, of what you thought and, and what Jason thought would be the official roster. And I guess we got to wonder, you know, going into it and now that it is solidified and we'll bring it up on the screen here momentarily, were there any surprises? Because to me, when I look at it, you know, a thousand feet up, sure, are there like maybe a month or months back and maybe even in the draft when they get Caillou Kelly, you know, a rookie out of Stanford, do you think, Oh man, he's got a probably good shot at making the team. Maybe that becomes a surprise, but it doesn't seem as if there's anything that came out of left field. Would you agree? Yeah, I feel like, so I missed three. So I got 50 out of 53. Correct. That's a step down from last year. And two of the moves, you know, I really considered making. So in that case, in those cases, they weren't surprises. There was one move that I did not consider. So it, with that being said, it was a little bit of a surprise, not like jaw dropping, but I didn't expect the Ravens to keep Malik Ham. Um, and to be honest, he may not be on this 53-man roster in about 24 hours. Um, I thought they may try to get him through to the practice squad. So he certainly had a fantastic preseason. A lot of talk about him in training camp. Um, I just kind of felt like they were going to try to get him through on the practice squad. Maybe they felt like he created too much of a buzz. Um, he is injured. I don't know what injury he has. Uh, so I think he's going to be one of three people that may end up on IR within the next, within the next 24 hours. So yeah. So the rest of them, 
I would say that, you know, they weren't surprises, but it's not also what I had picked to have happen. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how you want to do this. We can go through it position by position or, or whatnot. Yeah, let's do that. And just, just first and foremost, I know this is like sort of a, a storied tradition in Baltimore that a lot of you tend to follow year after year. And, and like you just said, this is subject to change. But as of right now, two undrafted rookies, one who I think undoubtedly became the preseason darling, and that's Keaton Mitchell at running back. And then the aforementioned Malik Ham, a Baltimore native. Uh, both these guys made the initial 53-man roster. Uh, and as Jamison Hensley noted on Twitter, uh, that means that the Ravens have had an undrafted rookie make their 53-man in 19 of the past 20 seasons, with I believe the COVID year, it was either 2020 or 2021 being the exception to that streak. So I think, you know, you know this, having spent over a decade in, in-house there, this, there's a lot of pride from a scouting department standpoint that goes into this, and it sure looks like at the very least, you know, Keaton Mitchell's going to have a chance to, maybe not initially to begin the year, but have a chance to be more than just insurance at running back for them. Well, and I guess that means if they're get, if they have two undrafted rookies, there's at least 20 undrafted rookies in 20 seasons that have have made the roster. Uh, yeah, I actually uh, we talked about this in our post game show. I was tweeting a, a lot between Jason and myself, and I had said that I thought that Keaton Mitchell might be a, a candidate for IR. It does look like that's what's going to happen. He has a um, a shoulder sprain, I believe, is what's reported by Jeff Zrebeck. So, um, so yeah, I do expect him to head over to IR, but that's really not a terrible scenario for the Ravens because Keaton Mitchell is somebody that would have a hard time being activated on game day when you have three running backs ahead of him, when you've got lots of other special teams options. Uh, he wasn't going to have much of a chance. Meanwhile, we don't know, and we can start going through this position by position. We can start at quarterback and see what this all means. Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley made it. Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown were cut. Um, but the, the reports are is that Josh Johnson, who's a veteran, so he doesn't have to go through waivers, the reports are is that that's one of those handshake deals and they're going to bring him back. Um, because uh, w- I don't know w- what Tyler Huntley's hamstring situation is looking like, but I highly doubt the Ravens are going to want to go into week one unless they know that thing is 100%. He still hasn't been practicing with the team. He did return to practice yesterday, Monday, working out with the trainer, but wasn't with the the full team. So you need to have another quarterback on there. And the reports are is that Josh Johnson in less than 24 hours will be back on this 53-man roster. And then Anthony Brown, uh, as long as everything else goes right, he could end up back on the practice squad. So, But that does tell us the Ravens coaches have been pushing a competition for number two. Uh, this roster, you know, shuffling that Tyler made it and Josh Johnson didn't um, may tell you that Tyler is indeed the number two. So that's quarterback, most notably, obviously we've already mentioned Keaton Mitchell and potentially what's forthcoming in the next few days. J.K., Gus, and Justice, first, second, and third string, respectively, which is no surprise. Melvin Gordon, who they picked up this offseason, he was he was cut. He was waived, somebody that we kind of talked about over the last couple of weeks, Sarah, as as because it took him so long to be signed to begin with, you know, why would you risk potentially keeping him and 
putting a, a young, promising, sort of um, shifty, high upside guy that you think you can develop in Keaton Mitchell on the practice squad who would then be eligible to be snatched. So that was one of those things where I just I wasn't surprised whatsoever. Um, Melvin is a veteran. You got a sense that he's just going to be one of those guys this year, whether it's in Baltimore or elsewhere, who just kind of waits his turn for the injury carousel to start, and he'll be playing some regular season football at some point. Yeah, unless there's like a 53-man spot open, uh, Melvin Gordon, I he gets to choose wherever he wants to go practice squad-wise. I mean, he spent all offseason here in Baltimore. So, yeah, you'd think, you know, if all he's got in other options or other practice squad options, he'd go ahead and come back to Baltimore. If there happens to be a 53-man roster spot open, then that would be a different story. But Keaton Mitchell, man, he, he, he made the – coaches decisions for them he just was too good he was too good he's too fast he's he I don't feel like he did anything bad uh as especially as an undrafted rookie so um I feel like the Ravens got the best of both worlds with this one in terms of um obviously not the best for Keaton because he's got a shoulder injury but uh for the Ravens like I said they weren't gonna be able to use him and so it's like now they get to open up a roster spot here in about 24 hours for somebody else that they are going to need on game day. Uh, say a Brett Urban or somebody else will get to all these guys that also probably had handshake deals. So now they get to protect this rookie for the future. They'll get them if there's like, they can, they can activate them off of IR if there's an injury to JK or Gus or Justice, any of these guys. So they've got great depth right there on the 53-man roster come like week four. Uh, so that was the best of, of both worlds. So, you know, Bobby at wide receiver, it's exactly how we all predicted. They kept six and we all predicted the six, right? Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Jr. Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, Devin Duvernay, Tylen Wallace, Laquan Treadwell was cut. Uh, Jeremy Fowler reported that he will likely be back at the practice squad. James Prochet. He was cut. I think a change of scenery would be really good for him. Me and Jason had quite the debate on James Brochet uh, in that episode. He felt like James didn't get much of an opportunity. I feel like James has had all the opportunity in the world, especially with the injuries at wide receiver last year. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can catch on elsewhere. There just wasn't a spot for him on this on this roster this year. Unfortunate. Seems as if there's kind of a consensus online within the Ravens flock that such a likable guy, you know, who who deserved the chances that he was given. You and I both were in agreement. I mean, we know that he we we feel like he was given his chances and he didn't capitalize on them. And so now, to your point, he ends up hopefully getting a good change of scenery that'll serve him well. Uh, but right now, you know, this just wasn't the year uh, to be competing for. Uh, fifth and or sixth spot in this wide receiver room, given how revamped it was. And and we touched on this a lot throughout the course of, of preseason, but Tylen just demanded, almost demanded a roster spot with how active, productive, and useful he was throughout his preseason production. So, and then you add in the fact that he is probably, maybe it's probably inarguable that he is the top special teamer at wide receiver, you know? So, uh, you know that's going to go far in John Harbaugh's eyes. But let's keep going here, moving forward to tight end. Again, no surprises here. Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, Charlie Kohler, who's going to be gearing up for his second 
season in the NFL and really his first full season, having missed the majority of last year with that sports hernia surgery that he underwent last training camp. Patrick Ricard, after lots of conversation about what his role might be, does he have a future in Baltimore? Patrick Ricard does, at least for the time being. Don't know what his role will look like specifically in this Todd Munkin-led offense, but he is a part of the picture here in 2023. And I know a lot of you, uh, again, maybe if your preseason darling out there wasn't Keaton Mitchell, maybe number two would have been Travis Vokalek. And I'll tell you what, he's going to be a hot commodity on waiver wires, you'd think, because that guy looks like he belongs, but just not in Baltimore, given how competitive the room is. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where, like, somebody who I thought for sure would be picked up doesn't. So, you know, you can cross your fingers that maybe Travis Vokalik is that guy, but we'll, I, I, I would bet on it. Uh, ben Mason, I think, is a great candidate to come back to the practice squad. But uh, the tight end group was was an easy call. Uh, there just is nobody else like Patrick Ricard on the roster, a blocker like him that, I, you know, they're not going to use him the same way, but I think they need a guy like Patrick Ricard at tight end that can go out and block and, you know, he doesn't have to. He doesn't also have to, like, telegraph a play to the other to the other team because <laughs> not that I'm, you know, pushing for this, but we know he can catch. He can catch. I mean, he did get to play a little bit out wide last time. I don't, I don't know that we're, 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 you know, pushing for that, but uh, he can do that from the blocking role and, and throw people off a little bit. Oh, okay. You want to see him. You want to see, you want to see some receptions from old Ricard. That's my guy. I love Pat. I, I love the story that he's just, he's Mr. Do it all right. I'm coming in undrafted rookie out of Maine. Sure. I'll play D line. Sure. You want me to play fullback? Hey, you want me to line up in ahead of year six at, with the offensive line for a week or so? Yeah. Heck yeah. I want to be a part of this. So Reward my guy 42. Yeah, let's go. I think he had a catch in the preseason, too, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, you're just trying to boil people's blood right now, I feel like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trying to get them I'm getting those receptions. No. <laughs> no, but but I mean, I, I'm glad to see him on, on this team. So getting the offensive line, this is a little bit more where, you know, you, there was some back and forth. Um, more on the interior of the offensive line. The tackles are what we thought they would be. Ronnie Stanley, Morgan Moses, Patch McCary, and Daniel uh, Falele. And Daniel, by the way, showed a little bit of versatility to be able to back up at the left tackle. Um, obviously, Patrick McCary on, is on the depth chart, the Ravens' depth chart, to be the backup, uh, the primary backup left tackle. Um, but I do wonder if the way Falele had played, maybe eased the Ravens' um, nerves about cutting Mustafer instead of Ben Cleveland. Because if if Daniel can really play that either swing, I'm going to let you go, Bobby. No worries. It's that time of year, even like pre, like school just began for Sarah's kids, and there's already something working around the house. But uh, hopefully that's not a sign of things to come. We all remember those of you who've been around for since the jump for us. I remember I had my flu game week one against the Jets last year, where I was just like straight up in September, no less. So hopefully you're not trending in that direction. And if you need to get up and get some more water, feel, feel free. Cause you're cooking through that thing right now. So you just let us know, but, but yeah, the, the way that the offensive line worked out was, was interesting in the sense that I know 
lots of conversations surrounded Ben Cleveland ever since really last year when he showed up and not only was you know beat out by Ben Powers but wasn't even available to begin with because of the conditioning test and and he, and he couldn't pass it and ever since then I, I think some folks have have really looked at him as as a guy who is just not developing within the system I think other others who really watch film would tell you hey that they the Ravens need him from a depth standpoint and it sure seems like he earned that earned that right to be a part of the picture uh, at guard this year Sarah yes I I think I'm recovered um yeah I think if you watch the tape I saw a couple of people on Twitter pretty upset that Ben Cleveland had made it but it was pretty clear from all the film guys that Sala wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to be the primary backup. Like if John Simpson went down um, and you're already using McCary now is McCary's basically the backup center with Mustafer gone. Now Mustafer couldn't, could go to the, the practice squad. I'm sure that's exactly what the Ravens are hoping for. Um, but Cleveland just outplayed Sala and they have a lot of hope for Sala. They have think there's a lot of promise there, but he's not ready right now to be the primary backup there. Sarah's Jordan fever game stream. I know I got, I got all sorts of things going on here. Um, but, um, yeah. So, so Ben, Ben Cleveland, it, it was one of those again, where he, man, it's just so funny. Cause he seems like he's been in the doghouse for quite some time, but every time he gets on the field, minus the, the one Jalen, uh, Carter missed block. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a lot of good film, whether it's been the regular season or now. So, um, We'll see. I'm very must probably the one I'm very interested in watching to see if he'll make it back to um, the practice squad. But what I was trying to say before my voice gave out is that if Daniel Falele can play both, be a backup swing tackle for both, then that does allow McCary to be a primary backup at center. And that's probably the gamble that they're taking based off of the tape that Daniel gave of him being able to back up both left uh, both tackle spots. And remember too with with Mustafer as we've talked about the guy has a ton of starting experience under his belt during his time in Chicago. So, you know, that's a guy who just in the in the coming weeks or you know throughout the, the you know the war of attrition that we know the game of football is, he could be looked at uh, as valuable in a pinch. So we'll see what the Ravens choose to do with him. But that's the way that their offensive line's looking right now. And as a result, that's the way that the offensive side of things, as far as this initial 53-man roster is concerned, the way that looks right now. So we'll shift over to defense. As always, by the way, we're going to get to Q&A at the end of this live stream. So if you're listening to this live, if you're watching this live, go ahead and ask your question now. We'll start it and try to get to as many as we possibly can. Uh, before the stream's over. And, and on that note, we just wanted to shout out and thank two of our re returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month. So Jaron Fonville, Christopher Saxe, we appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building. And if you guys are out there and you're interested in doing the same, you want to throw a few bucks our way to help support the show with a little bit of an added incentive for you, uh, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. All that information, including that link, can be found in the show notes on the defensive side of the football, Sarah, and you see your D line there solidified in terms of um, depth, at least right now, Justin Matabike, Broderick Washington, of course, Broderick coming off his extension. Congratulations to him within the last couple weeks or so has been developed over these last few years in Baltimore. And he cashed in 
in a big way. Michael Pierce, who before going down last year, we all remember, was off to one heck of a start. Hopefully, knock on wood, he can remain healthy at the beginning of this year. Travis Jones gearing up for year two had a, a game-wrecking kind of preseason and small doses. I think a lot of folks think that he is a uh, he is a candidate to have a big breakout year and then a potential handshake deal forthcoming for Brent Urban, right? Which is something that I think you and Jason were all over. Yeah, yeah, I think I think most people were. Yeah, so I think that turned out exactly what like we expected it to be. I think the defensive line has a chance to be pretty pretty darn good, pretty darn good. But um, yeah, so Brent Urban um, will be back either in Pepe's spot or um, elsewhere. But as Jeff Zrebeck, you know, said today, um, he's expected to be back very very soon. Um, He's part of the roster gymnastics. They did the same thing with them last year. By the way, Kevon Seymour is probably part of the roster gymnastics, and he did that last year. So, yeah, Urban, Urban, I expect to actually be on the field week one. Let's keep moving forward here to Edge, Adafe Owe, David Ajabo, Jadavian Clowney, the recent pickup, Tavius Robinson, the rookie, Malik Ham, we mentioned him, has a chance to be one of those two undrafted rookies, but he is a part of the roster right now, at least initially. We'll see after tweaking. And then Tyus Bowser is probably where we should begin when we talk about this group, Sarah, because he is going to start this season for the second straight year. And uh, Well, not necessarily on the NFI back-to-back years, but he's going to be unavailable for back-to-back years. He will begin this year on the NFI list. Remember, he was coming back from that torn Achilles back in, in 2022, and now he's dealing with a knee that seems to be lingering. So uh, unfortunately for him, that means he's going to miss you know a chunk of, of the, at least the beginning of this season, but that's the way that the rest of this um, you know edge rushing room looks like. Were you surprised at all? I think we, we kind of both saw this coming, that time was just not on his side uh, over the last couple of weeks. No, not not at all surprised. Um, <clears throat> as you said, both Jason and I had predicted, although Jason was one step ahead, I thought the NFI rules were different from PUP. We looked it up during the show. They were the same. So uh, both of us during that show had uh, Tyus Bowser on NFI. As much as you know, the trainers and John Harbaugh were optimistic that he would be back, as soon as he wasn't didn't practice this, this last week, I knew he wasn't going to be available for week one. Um, and then to, to think that he would be able to come back was just a couple of weeks and suddenly be there for week two. I didn't have any hope for that. And so with how much this thing has lingered and again, nobody really knows outside of maybe who's inside the Ravens facility. Nobody really knows what happened. Like just randomly, there was some inflammation in his knee I just wonder if there were, I don't know, was there a knee sprain? Would some, what, like what happened? So you don't just randomly get inflammation out of nowhere. Maybe it was overcompensating. I don't know for, for his Achilles. Um, so, so who knows what was going on, but I remember when he reported a training camp, Bobby, and the reporters are out there and he was limping in. I was like, Oh, that looks serious. That's not even him. Like there's so many times where you'll see guys that are legit injured. Like, like Rashad Bateman came in and there was no limp there, you know, 
like when you're limping that bad coming in, I'm like, uh-oh. And then even when he was playing catch with fans before all these preseason games, he was favoring that knee for sure. Um, so as much as we were hearing from the podium that there was a chance, I've I've lost hope of him, you know, being an early contributor early. And um, and so to me, it was like, well, if it's lingered this long, there's no way you can bet that he'll be back within the four, first four games. So to me, it's like a no-brainer to keep him on NFI. And then if he happens to get 100% healthy by week three, then great, give him one more week and he can feel good. But the thing that did surprise me was Malik Ham. Again, Jeff Strebeck, he reported that Ham has an injury, although he didn't say what it was or what the extent of it is. So, um, you know, initially I was like, oh, well, maybe they're concerned about Bowser and Malik Ham is technically, I mean, he's, he's the Sam backup on the depth chart. So I thought, well, maybe they're keeping Malik Ham because they do want five with Tyus Bowser down. But then again, Jeff Strebeck is reporting that Malik Ham is injured and he's expected to go on IR. So they held, they kept Malik Ham purely because they believe in him. It's not just because, oh, we needed another body with Tyus Bowser out because he's not going to be able to take Tyus Bowser's spot. It's that they believe in him, and uh, that's actually pretty cool. I'm sure that's pretty cool for Malik Ham to know that they like are doing all these roster maneuvers. They cut some of their veterans like Josh Johnson, Brent Urban, Kevon Seymour for a guy like Malik Ham and Keaton Mitchell. Like They're willing to do this to keep these undrafted guys, so... Uh, I think it says a lot about what they think about him to do all that for him. Nice little touch too, being that he's local. It's a great story. Hopefully ends up, we end up seeing him playing some regular season football this year. And by the way, those of you who followed that position specifically uh, at outside linebacker, he edged out uh, Jeremiah moon, who was a 2022 undrafted rookie out of Florida. So that's where things stand right there. Over 500 people joining us concurrently right now across our all of our platforms. We just wanted to say thank you. It's a it's a Tuesday night. If you're listening to this in audio only form the next day or, or in the days following again, we, you can always find our stuff. If you don't want to watch on YouTube across all audio only platforms, wherever you get your shows, and uh, be sure to, to like and subscribe to both of our channels here. We're simulcasting this we're going to be doing that in live stream form throughout the entire season, especially on game days. So again, the vault and also the Bobby Trossett YouTube channel is where you can find us on a weekly daily basis throughout football season on to inside linebacker. Of course, Roquan Smith and Patrick queen headline this room. Malik Harrison has a spot in this room. Delshawn Phillips has a spot. And then of course, Trenton Simpson, who is the rookie out of Clemson. This is another deep room, Sarah. And guys that have really served this room in the last couple of years are on the outside looking in, and one comes to mind who, who's kind of a heavy hitter. He's had some good, solid plays, especially when it's, uh, from a come when it, excuse me when it comes to special teams as well. Is Christian Welsh, who is not a part of the initial fifty-three man roster. Yeah, him, him, and Josh Ross are, Ross are both out. Um, not that either of those guys did too much on defense. It seemed like Ross did last year, but um, just didn't hear much about him this time. De Delshawn Phillips, you heard a lot. Remember that day he had, I think, two interceptions in one practice. Uh, he's also been great on special teams. So it sounds like he just beat those guys out. And then, again, on the Ravens' depth chart, they even have Delshawn Phillips ahead of Trenton Sis Simpson, who, uh, you know, is a third-round pick, but he's been injured. And, he, you know, in that last preseason game, it, it was clear he he didn't have a lot of 
reps and, and is a little bit behind. So this is probably, yeah, definitely this and safety are the two strengths of this defense. The Ravens are really going to be relying on them. And then, you know, and then even Malik Harrison, even though he won't play, be playing inside, he's, I mean, he's going to have a ton of snaps on special teams, but he can also help out at outside linebacker where that's a little bit more thin. Um, But yeah, that group, it's a little bit nerve wracking. We need to see some of those younger guys step up this year, but knowing that they have these other guys behind them, it's, it's certainly helpful. This is a very big strength for the Ravens inside linebacker. On to cornerback. Of course, Marlon Humphrey will be likely missing at least a game, perhaps multiple games to start the season, even though he says he's ready to roll, according to his new podcast. But we know that he underwent surgery just within the last couple of weeks on that, that kind of flared up foot. So Marlon, of course, headlines the room as usual. Rakia Sin. Expected to be one of the projected starters week one against Houston. Jalen Armour Davis, one of the young, unpredictable, I'd say unknown cornerbacks out of Alabama. He finds his way out of this roster. Hopefully he can stay healthy. They need him. They literally need him. Ronald Darby, who John Harbaugh just a short while ago within the last week or so kind of viewed him as a starting caliber cornerback. He makes this roster. Arthur Mollett. Again, Ronald Darby and Arthur Mollett, two recent pickups. Now they find themselves, Sarah, competing for some significant primary backup play behind Rock and Marlin, and maybe even more than that, hopefully not, but you just don't know how long Marlin's going to be down. So those guys could be key players when it comes to depth here in the early going. Uh, Demarion Williams, Pepe Williams expected to begin the year on IR. But I think probably other than Kevon Seymour, who is expected to be somehow involved here, Sarah, after some tweaking, the biggest surprise within the entire roster based on reactions that I've read online is Caillou Kelly. He's one of their rookies, six-rounder from Stanford, uh, struggled throughout parts of the preseason, also had his moments, bounced back. One, do you remember the night that he was drafted, the day that he was drafted? You and I were going through this. And I want to say it was Joe Hortiz, the director of player personnel for the Ravens. And we were sharing different analyses that were, were sent out from the Ravens scouting department on their new guys. And one thing about Caillou that they said was he is a high floor guy, a four-year player from Stanford who's got a lot of experience, not a high ceiling guy. And I just wonder if they said, you know what, let's see if the experience can almost outweigh what what he can be or what he is right now or what he can be at the NFL level. And I wonder if that experiment in their mind uh, ended up failing so much so that they, they went in a different direction. Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. Um, This was a, this was a long conversation that Jason and I had on our prediction show. He, he predicted that Caillou would be cut. I wanted to cut Caillou based off of what I had seen, but I wasn't comfortable cutting a draft pick and it's until the Ravens start making this more regular and they have done this before, but until they do it more regular, it's going to be hard for me to ever predict that a draft pick is going to be cut unless there's something else going on off the field. Um, But, but Jason, Jason did it. Jason went ahead and did it. So it's not a surprise move, but very few people had picked Arthur Mollett to make the team. And so they clearly chose Mollett over Kelly and to be honest, the reason why I want, although I was going to have 
Um, I, I, I was going to take Caillou Kelly off for somebody else. Arthur Millette, to be honest, was not a consideration for me, but mostly because he was injured all most of training camp, and I really just hadn't seen him. So I, I didn't know how to put him on the team, but obviously they believe in him. So I don't know if this is back to your point about Joe Ortiz talking about him and if it was a failed experience, all of any, any of that. I don't know if it's that as much as it's like, we're in a really bad spot at corner cornerback. And unfortunately we don't have the luxury to develop this guy while on the 53 man roster. We need help now. And Arthur Merlette, symbolizes that he's a guy because he's a veteran he's been there he's done that they need help now in the in the nickel and he can do that Caillou Kelly can't produce anything right now now if they had a fully healthy cornerback group ahead of him and they were comfortable with their depth and they were comfortable with the health then maybe they could continue with developing Caillou Kelly so I'm not ready to say that they were like oh, we messed up on this draft pick as much as like, it's like, I don't know that we got room for this fifth rounder right now. And so I'm sure that the hope is that he clears waivers so they can hold on to their fifth rounder and develop him while on the practice squad. Um, but the reality is, is that the cornerback position is just such in bad, in a bad state. They opted for the veteran who can help now rather than the rookie to develop with, you know, with an extra roster spot. And by the way, on this on this um, screen grab that I have, this is my Google sheet here. When me and Jason were going through it, we had Brennan Stevens and Ardarius Washington as cornerbacks. I didn't know where to put them. I still think they're they played more at corner than they did at safety during the preseason. But on the Ravens' official um, draft depth, depth depth chart, they have Brennan Stevens and Ardarius Washington over at safety. Um, so but they play both and they played more corner than they did safety during the preseason. So those are actually two other corners that they kind of have on there, which is another reason why they could let go of Caillou Kelly. Here's the ESPN screenshot as well in terms of what the depth chart looks like on ESPN.com. But just to finish up the defensive side, and obviously you're seeing special teams locked in, Justin Tucker, Jordan Stout, and Tyler Ott filling in there for uh, Nick Moore, who tore his Achilles during a training session. Uh, middle training camp, which obviously sucks. Uh, obviously, shout out to to Nick. That's such a bummer. But anyway, safety, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens, and our Darius Washington right now. An another deep, deep room, Sarah, that uh, is one of the strengths of this defense. Yeah, which is one reason why Daryl Worley is out, which is too bad for Daryl. I thought Daryl Worley had a, had a good preseason. Uh, and maybe they'd be able to um, bring him back to the practice squad. He has a choice. He's a vested veteran. Um, so, but he said he's, he's like, I remember him doing an interview during the preseason after one of his, his standout games. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm moving, I'm moving to safety. So if he wants to stay there, maybe he wants, maybe he wants to go to another team because safety is pretty stacked. Now, if he still weren't learn, willing to play corner, even though there's a gazillion corners on the roster, it's not like anybody outside of Marlon Humphrey is like, okay, boom, he's our guy. Maybe Rocky Sean is up there, but again, he's been injured. But um, I would like to see Daryl Wardley come back. I feel like he's for for the for a depth piece. 
that's a solid depth piece to have who can play both corner and safety. And, you know, I just keep thinking back to, to that Bengals game when I felt like he did pretty well against Jamar Chase. We all remember the play where he defended Jamar Chase, and then Roquan Smith comes over, gives Jamar a little unnecessary nudge. You know, those Bengals fans hated it as as Roquan came over and started celebrating Worley. So uh, I, that's another guy I'm going to be watching to see where he ends up uh, over the next 24 hours. Just monitoring our live chat right now. We're about to get to Q&A. So if you haven't asked your question or maybe you want to bump it up, we've tried to star as many as we can. So uh, go ahead and ask that right now if, if you have something that's pressing. But just from a housekeeping standpoint, Sherry Ramirez in the in the – live chat was wondering what a UDFA is, which is an undrafted rookie free agent. So there's been many that have come through Baltimore over the years. We mentioned it right at the top of the show, at least on the initial roster, Keaton Mitchell and Malik Ham will continue that storied tradition in Baltimore and guys that have been on this roster right now off the top of my head that are, you know, have gone on to be, you know, have blossoming careers really at the NFL level as undrafted guys are Justin Tucker Pat Ricard, Tyler Huntley, um, Bart Scott. Yeah, I was just saying, like the current one though. Like, there's been mm. so there's, obviously there's been so many over the years, but the current roster, those three guys stick out to me to begin with, and I'm sure there's a couple others. But anyway, that's what it means. And with that, let's open up our Q and A, Sarah, and we'll begin with Keon Fisher coming in through Facebook. What's going on, Keon? Uh, hey, Bobby and Sarah, do you think the Ravens sign Bradley Roby from the Saints? There's been some conversation around him. Sarah, uh, have you seen any of this at all? I, I see just about, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a lot. Just about every cornerback that has been cut that, you know, has any sort of, you know, experience fans are are definitely looking at. And I promise you that the Ravens are too. I haven't heard of any reports of, the Ravens leaning one way or another, anything like that. But yes, I 1000% think that Eric DaCosta and his team is scouring these waiver wires for all positions, but especially cornerback. But uh, have I heard anything specifically to Roby? No, I have not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, 
Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. Ravens fan 23 checking in on YouTube. Was the delay in announcing the final roster a sign that EDC was working the calls and PR team didn't want to jump the gun? Uh, it's funny, you and I kind of talked about this for a hot minute right before we uh, we went on live tonight because at, so 4 p.m. Eastern is when these decisions needed to be made. And what time did you say? 7.48 Eastern is when the tweet came out from the team? Yes, yeah, 7.48. That's almost four hours. Bobby, people want to know. What is going on? I think the Broncos were another team. Here's the other thing is like, that's when they announced it, but reporters were also checking the transaction wire, like the NFL one. So it's not like maybe they turn it into the NFL and the Ravens just decided not to announce it for three and a half, four hours. Like it wasn't coming through the transaction uh, website either. So like, What's going on? Like there's a deadlines or deadlines here. So I, I don't I don't know what it was, but I'll I'll just say to Ravens fan 23 23's point, I was wondering the same thing. Not not so much that he was calling, well maybe he could have been calling other teams, but remember they're also making deals with like the Brent Urbans and the Josh Johnsons and the Kevon Seymours of the world. These are all those handshake deals. Are we sure we're solid? Like are we're all on the same page here? You're not really going to go out and like leave us high, high and dry or anything like that. So I, I don't know. I need somebody to get that story. I need somebody like, I need like Ian Rappaport or somebody to go figure that out for us. Cause that was weird. That was weird that we had to wait almost four hours. Yeah. Like, do, like you said though, not longer than Denver had to wait though. They at the, right when we were about to go live here, what did we end up doing? I think it was like nine, nine thirty Eastern or so. Four minutes prior to that, I had seen on TweetDeck that the Broncos made theirs official. So who knows? Some sort of competitive advantage. I don't know. We don't know. Perhaps the powers that be do, but uh, we know the Ravens are about as calculated as it gets logistically. And when they have when they see a competitive advantage, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna take it and run. More Q&A here coming in through our live chat. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. Coming up on 600 live concurrence across all of our channels. So if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to both the Vault and the Bobby Trossett YouTube channels. Daily content on all things Ravens. In my case, all things Baltimore sports. Mo, it was Jeremiah Moon or Malik Ham. They weren't going to keep both. Do you agree? I think that's kind of what we were getting at earlier on. It seems, it seems that if from an initial roster standpoint, that Malik beat out Jeremiah Moon, two undrafted rookies in their own right. Jason Zarotniak, one of our patrons, with Tyus Bowser staying on NFI for at least four weeks, is a Kyle Van Noy signing on the horizon. Remember, Kyle generated some buzz. He's on the open market right now. He's a free agent at the outside linebacker position, sort of a Sam guy, right, Sarah? He's, he's, he's got mm -hmm. the ability to, to back up into coverage like Tyus can. Uh, I, I, I saw, actually... Kyle, he was tweeting out. He's been very active on Twitter within the last couple of days or so. And he actually is spending the next week giving back to 
wherever he's from. I want to say it's somewhere in Utah, if I'm not mistaken. Is he from Utah? Bro, he went to BYU. BYU Come guy, on, right? bro. Yeah. Okay. He's, I, I forgot he was a BYU guy. So you so, should know uh, all of my alumni. I, I like this is unforgivable. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> you need to send me a list of your favorite BYU people. I didn't know Kyle yeah. was at the top of it. Oh wait, anybody that's been to BYU <laughs> is your guy, right? <laughs> if they go from BYU so, to the NFL, anyway. they're my guy. As a, yeah, the reason why I'm bringing it up though is I think he's spending. Um, the next week or so volunteering with local high schools. I saw a tweet that he put up in Utah. So I don't know if he's just not pressed right now for week one. We know that week one's coming up on 10 days away, but there certainly haven't been any rumbling, Sarah, as there were weeks ago when he was tweeting that he had already passed the conditioning test for the Ravens on his own merit. There, there was a visit, nothing much since then. I got the feeling and this, I'm not saying this based off of report or anything, but Vinoy came for a visit and Clowney came for a visit. They both left without immediately being signed. I got the feeling that the Ravens had a certain money, a certain price they were willing to pay for either one of them. And I felt like in the end, it was going to be the guy that would take um, the deal, take the money that was offered and they weren't and the Ravens weren't going to budge and, and come up because they had what they were going to pay. And once we got the, the, by the way, the, the actual figures, I mean, Clowney did come in for, for pretty low money. Um, certainly lower than what like Houston got when he, he went elsewhere or, um, oh, what's his name that went to, uh, Chicago. Um, so, um, Ngakwe is who I was thinking of. So, uh, so because of that, my feeling was that, is that was either Vinoy or it was going to be Clowney, and then Clowney's the one who took the money that was on the table. Vinoy, maybe he's still holding out. Maybe he thinks he can get better money and and be in a position where he's for sure going to play more. I don't know, but I would love it if they could also afford Vinoy. But also on on um, Monday's podcast, I had gone over Brian McFarland talking about the cap. Um, and now that the rule of 51 is going to kick in next week, um, which which means a lot of the the cap hits weren't counting yet. And they're all the cap hits are now going to count and the Ravens are going to actually have to open up money by restructuring some other guys that they haven't touched yet. Maybe like a Marlon Humphrey or um, a Ronnie Stanley or whatever. So they have places where they can open up money. But even before signing anybody else, they're going to have to resort to that. One quick note here for those of you who got two screens going on tonight because the Orioles are just finishing up, and sometimes we like to go crossover. I know I do. Uh, the Orioles just matched their 2022 win total with 30 games to spare. Uh, they just notched their 83rd win of the season. So thanks to Kenneth Dorn and some of some of you other folks out there in the live chat that are giving updates on on what's going on back in Baltimore. I've actually been on the road for over a week now. I'm just getting back in from a conference in Vegas, and I extended my my stay with some family in Lake Tahoe. So I've been watching this from afar, and they're getting ready for a, for a playoff run. So a lot of fun right now. And again, the Orioles beat the White Sox 9-3 to three tonight. Let's keep going here with a few more Q&A before we wrap up. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Coming up on that 600 number live concurrence on a totally random live stream. We knew that we were going to do it, but we never even made the announcement. So it's always nice when we throw something together like this and you guys just show up. It's it's gets me fired up. 
Will Jones on, on YouTube is Keaton Mitchell on the practice squad. Just in case you missed this from earlier on in the stream, he is a part of the initial 53-man roster. And Keaton, because of a shoulder setback, may be a candidate uh, to go on injured reserve to then return afterwards. So he's on the initial roster, undrafted rookie, keeps that story tradition alive in Baltimore. And um, don't expect to see him in the early going, though, more than likely. You may you 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 said I don't expect to see him in the early going, and I was like, yeah, no, because he'll be on IR. So yeah, Dre Dog six seven nine. I've been seeing this one a lot. Love you guys, Bobby. Drop your cash app so I can get you a mic stand, bro. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> when I'm on the road, when I'm on the road, I don't bring a lot of stuff. Okay. So I you know don't, it's not you don't take that. you don't do this one that comes with the mic we got this little thing you can't you can't pack this little thing. <laughs> Listen, the perfect timing is right now to tell you guys that I went out to Vegas for a conference like I just mentioned. It was a, really to kind of swap ideas with a lot of content creators, network for what we do in the vault, network for what I do outside the vault. And one of the things I just so happened to do was hang out with a good buddy of mine who's a Jets YouTuber who has great equipment. I was able to test it out. I hate buying things that I don't know work for me, that I don't know if it's like a perfect logistics match. And so I was able to check all of his stuff out. I have all this stuff coming via Amazon in the next week or so. So, Dre, you're going to be seeing me with a streaming helmet on, essentially. I'm going to have a nice little headset. Uh, an almost like a pilot mic coming over here. So all that's still to come. No cash app money needed. Thank you, though. What else do I'm we have? I'm dying over on? here. I'm dying over here. Antonio, how do you feel with us only having two quarterbacks on the roster and what other QB is out there? Well, right now, on the, the initial 53-man roster, like we mentioned at the top, you have Lamar and Snoop. Josh Johnson is a practice squad candidate or Sarah, do you see them keeping three? Remind me what we said earlier on in the stream. Is he going to be a practice squad candidate or potentially QB three? He's, he's a handshake deal. He'll be back in 24 hours. He'll be on the 53 round roster. Um, I, I can say that as if it's a fact, that is what Jeff's Rebeck is tweeting saying he thinks is likely to happen. Um, I tended to, I tend to agree. I think with, Tyler Huntley's hamstring um, unknown hamstrings are tricky. I think you need to have that third quarterback. And once they put Pepe Williams and Keaton Mitchell and Malik ham all on IR, that's going to open up stuff for uh, Josh Johnson, uh, Brent urban and Kevon Seymour to get back on the 53 man roster. Keep going here. John Strammel checking in. <laughs> Did I miss Bobby's reaction to Prochet being cut? I knew that there were some people within our audience that thought that I'd be like grinning about this. And I don't know if that's what John's getting at here, but I'm not grinning at it. I mean, I know I've been critical of him and I thought that this was sort of a foregone conclusion, you know, and and I don't even know if I, I would have had him on last year's team. And that's that's saying something because of the lack of wide receivers. You know, Prochet... He's, he's had his chances, Sarah, and, and the ball never bounced his way this preseason, unfortunately. It's a revamped wide receiver room. Tylen is the better special teamer, and he's such a well-liked guy that you hate to see it. He's had a really personally wise. He's had a tough offseason losing his mother. It would have been awesome to see him involved, but 
at this point, a new chapter in his football career is probably what's going to best serve him. And unfortunately for him, that chapter is not in Baltimore. Um, here's some more. Do you trust Snoop if we get a big lead? I think us looking for a QB2 has something to do with the Bengals game, but also his availability. I think it's partly the Bengals game. That's from Mo Mo Shake or Shaq. Um, uh, so do I trust Snoop? Trust is in the right word. No, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, Snoop has got it. And that's the thing is I don't think it's just the Bengals game. I think it's his body of work. He's had two years where he's had uh, plenty of times where he's come in for Lamar and the Ravens have their season has taken a nosedive. Um, so I think it's clear that they were trying to upgrade there but couldn't. That being said, it's not like I think that Snoop is like the worst backup in the world either. And and he was an undrafted guy and he keeps getting better. So um, So I couldn't say, oh, yeah, I think Snoop – you get a big lead, you're fine. I don't believe that, but I also don't feel like, you know, the Ravens are for sure, you know, in big trouble if if he's back out there. I'm, but I am hoping to see some growth from him. Cameron Walker checking in. By the way, we've reached the 600-plus concurrent level right now across all of our platforms right now. So huge thank you, guys. Thanks so much for coming out tonight and um, and being so involved and engaged with our live stream. Cameron Walker, are there any plans for the Ravens to still upgrade a backup quarterback? Well, just last week, we learned that they at least did their due diligence on Trey Lance, who ended up going to Dallas from San Francisco. So not only, you know, did they at least look into that, but we know that this offseason alone, you know, they were looking at Baker Mayfield before he went to Tampa, right? Jacoby Brissett before he went to, gosh, where the heck even is he right now? He's been all over the place. He was in Cleveland last year. Now he is in Washington. I should know that. The Ravens played commanders. It shows you how focused I was during preseason action. But uh, I don't know. At this point, they're probably riding with what they have right now. They have other upgrades that they need to make. Or if, they, if they're going to upgrade, Sarah, there's more important pieces to me at this point than backup quarterback, even though you could argue that that's the most important position league-wide. They have their backup quarterback. You know, I, I should say not the most important position because QB is, but outside of your primary starting quarterback, the backup can be very important. And we've learned that or been reminded of that in the last couple of years. Uh, next question here. This is kind of fun. We're just like knocking through these here, Bobby. <laughs> People keep bringing them in. Brian Spar, any word on whether Humphrey headed to IR? Um so if he was, obviously he would still need to make that the 53-man roster. So today's decisions don't necessarily give us any insight to that. But based off of reports I'm seeing, which are which are more for, from Jeff Zriebeck, is he's named the guys that he thinks are going to IR. All I can tell you is Marlon Humphrey is not on there. And if um, what they've been saying at podium is true, which was not the case with Tyus Bowser, um, then he has a chance. But then if you look at some of the reports, which are usually more on, uh, it does sound like he'll be back within the first four weeks. Uh, so there would be no reason to put him on IR if that is the, if that is the case. Thank you to Catherine, who always seems to use the Super Chat feature for us during She's live awesome. streams. Like these 1999s, are, she's throwing these things around like no tomorrow. So... Thank you, Catherine, for another donation. I, I You definitely did it during the last preseason post game, and I think you've done it several times within the last couple streams that we've done. So we appreciate your generosity and 
And those of you who are out there trying to get me a mic stand, kidding. I have my own equipment. But if you're interested and you want to help out the show, people always reach out to us. You can do so through Venmo. You see the tag right there at Ravens Vault Podcast. You can do so through the YouTube Super Chat feature. Or you can just go through Patreon, which we've revamped within the last couple months. And it's a great way to get involved with what we're doing. Matt Gerhart. Oh, what's up? Brisbane, Australia. That's dope. So actually, my study abroad roommate was from, I studied in Spain. And I show up to Spain thinking that it was going to be like a full immersion, which it was. But my direct roommate was from Brisbane. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm in Spain. And I'm going to be hanging out with my guy, Benny. Benny from Brisbane. Matt from Brisbane, Matt Gerhart. Do you see a world where we trade Patrick Queen for a pass rusher or cornerback before the deadline if Adafe Owe slash David Ajabo don't come on like we would like? PQ was named a bunch this offseason. I know I was pushing that at one point. He now headlines a linebacker room where he and Roquan, I know they certainly feel that, that they are together, the best duo at inside linebacker in all of football. The Ravens might agree. They paid Roquan like they believe he is the top off-ball linebacker in all of football. But at this point, Sarah, um, hey, EDC, you know, he's always going to be working the phones prior to that deadline, which is months from now. But um, I don't know. I, I think I'd be looking at a guy like maybe Duvernay as a potential candidate more so than I would PQ. But you never know because this is the final year of, of Patrick's deal. Well, you mentioned that he was named a few times in the in the offseason, but never as like a report that the Ravens were trying to shop him. It was always like what what we're doing here, what Matt's doing, like, hey, we're doing well at, at inside linebacker. We got a pretty good group. So that's where there's a surplus. Could we use that surplus elsewhere? There was never a report that like the Ravens were shopping him. And I can I don't think that they will shop him. Now, could a trade with PQ happen? Sure, but I think it might more be if the Ravens are looking at like a pass rusher or a cornerback and whatever team they reach out to, if that team is like, hey, what about Patrick Queen? Then I think the Ravens would consider it, but I don't think the Ravens are shopping him. Um, and I don't know that they're shopping Duvernay either. Um, they, you know, they've just had too many uh, issues in the past at, at wide receiver. They finally are good, but if they had a couple of injuries, you're going to need somebody like Devin Duvernay to step up um question here from jason oh jason zarotniak this is a this is a patron right i feel like we we say his name a lot it says bobby and sarah your following has grown substantially in your daily coverage of the ravens the vault deserves press con con credentials what's the deal here's the honest truth we haven't applied for them so i don't want to make the ravens out to be like bad guys but this year we haven't applied for them i'm in columbus um Bobby, you're the only one there in Baltimore. You haven't applied for him. So we really can't fault the Ravens because we haven't applied. What? Well, why are you there. so quiet over there? Have you, applied for, there. I, I just, have you I, applied for credentials this year? I have not applied. You, you, were, okay. you were accurately describing the situation. I have not applied. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep moving. Let's go. Tie to tie to wavy tie to wavy. I like that YouTube channel name. What do you guys think of Ben Cleveland making the roster after his down training camp slash preseason? Also, how about them Orioles? Yep. The O's just beat during this live stream. They just beat the uh, White Sox. 
and they've equaled they've equaled their win total from a year ago, which with 30 games to go is just tells you where the rebuild's at right now. But uh, I mean, do we want to call Ben Cleveland's preseason a down one uh, slash training camp? Do we want to call that or is that maybe exaggerated slightly? I don't want to call it that. He definitely had that one bad play, which we called out because we we do every game we give instant reaction. So if Lamar Jackson had a bad game, we would call it out. But that doesn't or, or had one bad play we would call it out. That doesn't mean that his whole preseason was bad, right? Or no matter who's on the team, if there's a bad play and Ben Cleveland got whooped by Carter for sure. And we called it out, but we've also mentioned several times how many of the film guys, these are guys that watch every single play of every single offensive lineman and give a grade for every single play. Cleveland has graded out well. He's graded out well, and he's graded out much better than Big Sala. So um, I think that the combination of him not, I don't know what it is, maybe not having the, the love from the coaches. I don't know what it is. I know in the past he hasn't passed those conditioning tests. This year he took it more seriously. He was in all offseason. He was at football schools, mini camp, no, no, failed, uh, no failed conditioning test. Whenever you get the film out, Ben Cleveland's pretty solid. He's pretty solid. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not a bad play here or there, but he's pretty solid. And I think that the Ravens looked at Big Sol and said, we like him, we love his promise, but he's not ready right now to be the backup guard. We still need Ben Cleveland. I want to give some love to our guy, Cole Jackson, who's back in perfect segue, too, because this is his bread and butter. But uh Cole's back in the content creating game now that the season's begun. And you can go check out his channel, as you see there in the bottom left, Road Graders with Cole Jackson. And we're definitely, at some point here, we got to get something on the calendar because we keep talking about it. But uh, did, did I miss the O-line breakdown, he wants to know. You did, you did, but there's no breakdown like yours. So hopefully we can figure something out here and um, get you back on the channel because you've been doing great work, dude. We're happy that you're back in the, in the creating space on a weekly basis. Uh, I don't know where this one comes from with David. He says, do you think Lamar will struggle, struggle as a passer this season? No, I don't. I think it's going to be fun to watch uh, Lamar go back to an offense that's a little bit closer to his college days. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have some bad passes here and there. Um, but I, I feel like he, in training camp, uh, based off of you know the one the one camp I was there at, and then reading reports, um, sounds like they are trying to push the ball downfield. I feel like that is a to be successful in the deep passing game. I feel like the quarterback needs to be able to anticipate a little bit, and I think that in order to anticipate, you got to have trust in guys that they're going to be open. Like you don't want to throw the ball and not trust the wide receiver. Like you don't want to throw the ball before you see they're open until you know that they're going to fight and get there and all of that. So from my understanding is like, seemed like there were always these, these deep shots taken. There were some underthrows, there were some overthrows, but there were also a lot that were hit. And I think we're going to see that. I don't think he's going to struggle. I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can do with a coordinator that is not named Greg Roman. By the way, just 
just so I, I saw some comments about just a minute ago when we were being asked by Jason about the press credentials. I don't mean to come across confrontational with the team. I just, they, they view us as, as content creators. And those of you who have seen some of my tweets and, and videos about it, it frustrates me that not just in Baltimore, but, but outside of Baltimore, professional teams aren't looking at content creators as traditional media. And I guess fairly in fairness, we aren't traditional media. This is non-traditional. But at some point, I get the sense that us, people like us in every single market, are going to have, you know, a, a great audience base that's going to have to be at least, you know, acknowledged and, and hopefully respected enough to get press credentials. So anyway. Wait, wait, wait. I want to give one more thought on that, though. One more thought. I do agree. I do agree that, like, NFL teams and probably professional sports in general, including the Ravens, don't give as much weight into content creators such as ourselves. I agree. That being said, I have seen some content creators get more and more access. Ken over Ken is one of them. And the way Ken started Ken's the film study. Ken started by getting a kind of like experimental pass, right? So he got a, a day or two, one training camp. And then the next training camp, he got a little bit more. And then this year, he was there quite a bit. You were also offered an experimental one. And you and you didn't take it. So I just want to put it all out there that, like, if we really wanted it and we were really trying to get it, there would be ways to kind of, like, build yourself up to gain that trust. Because I think there is a small opening. I still agree with what you're saying. There's much more weight given to the traditional media, 1,000%. But I'm just saying there's not a complete, like, shut the door. We're not giving you a chance. <laughs> I did get an invitation to one day of training camp last year. I was out yes. of town. It was a last-minute invite that I appreciated that I couldn't make. We won't go down the rabbit hole. I'm obviously <laughs> frustrated that, that things have gone. But we are very excited to be doing what we're doing. We're grateful to our awesome audience. We hope... I hope that one day we will be looked at as traditional media. But until then, we're going to continue to grind. We're going to continue to bring you guys daily coverage. We have so many announcements that are forthcoming that we've been working on literally yes. all summer that fires me up, that, that, uh, that gets me jacked up for the start of this season because we feel like we're going to be providing content more so than we already have that is unique to Baltimore that's unique to local markets, and that's unique to non-traditional media. And that's what I'm fired up about. We have literally been working on a couple of these projects all summer long. And uh, yeah. We're let's, this let's close to go. signing. We're, we're this close to getting signatures. It's with it's within a week, I feel like, that hopefully if these all these contracts get signed, we can make the announcement. Yeah. And you're right. And you know what? There is an intensity right now in my eyes, in my face, because I, we, I'm excited. I'm, I'm like motivated by what we have coming, what we've worked on all summer long. And we have some announcements that we've been teasing for weeks now. So doesn't mean to come across as don't don't confuse the saltiness for um, what's the right word? Adrenaline, adrenaline. You got a lot of fire. You got a lot of fire. Yeah. Yep some fire and and we're on the doorstep of being able to kind of ignite that fire. So with that, let's uh let's close it down now. So many so many great interactions and engagement throughout the last hour or so. Please do us a favor and if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to both channels. 
We release daily content. I'm all things Baltimore sports over on the Bobby Trossett channel. And then on the vault, of course, Sarah and I get together Monday through Friday for 5 a.m. Eastern releases on YouTube. It's always repurposed for audio only. So if you're hanging at the gym, you can't be in front of the computer or whatever, or in front of your streaming device, or maybe you're driving, audio only is always a great option. So with that, anything before we close from you? Oh, man, this is great. 53-man roster, one step closer to regular season football. Hey, this is going to be like our last Sunday off in a long while. So everybody soak it up while you can. But we're about we're about to get crazy. This season's about to start. I cannot wait to see this 53-man roster. I'm a little bit nervous in a couple of areas. Uh, Ravens are going to need a couple of guys stand up. But this is a good roster. And uh, I think... I think as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, I think bare minimum this roster will give him 10 and six, uh, 10 wins to six losses, bare minimum, maybe higher if Lamar stays healthy. Wait a second, though. 10 and six. I guess 11 and six. 10 and six. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm stuck. I'm stuck to from two years ago. I'm still stuck in 2000, whatever year it was, 21 or 20, when, when we were doing 16 game seasons all good it's all good yeah we'll, we'll be doing predictions of course we'll be doing um look really actually we're looking forward to kind of getting back to our weekly guests that kind of give us the pulse for whatever teams you know being covered that week whatever teams coming to town or wherever the ravens are visiting so really looking forward to kind of bringing in a, a different perspective there hopefully we'll have some local guests as well always hit us up via email as well if you want to hit us up and, and give recommendations um, make requests for who you want to hear from, what you want to hear from. You can always reach us at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. The rest of this week, I'm sure we'll be talking about practice squads and, and the, the strategies there and some of the guys that, that find their way onto that part of the roster for the Ravens. What else? I uh, had a couple other programming notes as well. Oh, in terms of game day, what you can expect. So pregame shows on my side of things, will I'll be doing – nine home game pregame shows from the be more around town tailgate outside m t bank stadium this year so really looking forward to continuing my partnership with brian snyder and his great crew also potentially looking into making a london trip so be on the lookout for that but then in terms of what we're going to be doing together post game every single game throughout the season will be simulcast across all of our channels so yeah Covered a lot here. Anything else? <laughs> We're just on a roll right now. I mean, we keep going. No, I know. The comments are still coming in. The questions are still coming in. Now everybody's like, no, 17 and 0, you know, like <laughs> 20 and 0. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love I love the excitement around Baltimore right now. It's 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 uh everybody's waiting for that week one to start. It's only just beginning. So thank you to everybody who participated in tonight's live stream if you are listening in audio only form after the live thank you go we're always going to be providing audio only content so being that that's that's where we started over a year ago so with that that is a, a tuesday night live stream in place of a wednesday morning vault episode and for my co-host and partner sarah ellison i'm bobby trossett signing off from this instant reaction episode, the Ravens' initial 53-man roster is set, and now they're another step closer to kickstarting the 2023 regular season on Sunday, September 10th, against the Houston Texans in Baltimore.